You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. Welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. I've been using Therapy Notes for close to six or maybe even seven years now, and it works really, really well for group practice owners. And I can't say more positive things about it other than it works really great. The reports are pretty awesome. Um, And it just overall makes tons of updates uh, that really help group practice owners. So if you're looking to make a switch or you're still using paper as a group practice owner, um, try two free months using the code the group practice exchange or going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. All right, so today I want to talk about 360 surveys. Um, someone in the membership site Facebook group that I have, the exchange, was asking about making Uh, a document or a poll for your employees so you can get a sense of how they're feeling, changes they'd like to see, things that are going well, and maybe things that aren't going well for them so that you can have a good grasp on how your staff are feeling. Um, And so I want to talk about a method that I use that I find effective and um, is really good when it comes to generating, you know, reports and seeing an overall trend in how people are feeling. So I use Google Forms, and many of you I know use G Suite for business um, and have the business account with Google. And so if you go into your Google account, you'll be able to make a form. And I've shared mine um, in the membership site before. And essentially, you want to look at, they're all going to be a little bit different, but the idea behind a 360 survey is that you're looking at, obviously, 360 degrees of the practice. So you're not looking at one specific aspect of it. You're going full circle. Um, And so you want to look at what parts of your group practice make the full circle. For us, it's a self-assessment. So we have a section where we talk about, um, or we ask questions, I should say, say, about things that relate to self-assessment because we want people to be able to reflect inward and assess what their own professional and personal growth are while they're working there. And so we have questions related to their skill set, their growth and skill set, their strengths and weaknesses, um, their comfort and ability to be able to work through any areas of need that they need to work on their ability to hold themselves accountable and expand their interests and education, um, things like that. The second piece that we look at is our support staff assessment. And so in that, we're asking our clinicians to give us feedback on the support staff at our practice. The larger you get, the more support staff you'll have in your group practice. So we we essentially have teams. We have a billing team, an intake team, and then administrative assistants who support both of those teams. And so we want to make sure that not only have we been training our support staff well, but that they're supporting the clinicians the way they're supposed to. And, you know, obviously when we're building these things as group practice owners, we're looking at it through our own lens of what we think people need support on or how we want things to be streamlined and systematized. And sometimes it's interesting to see how people in the work, doing the work, like our clinicians, might be receiving that information and they might come up with some really good feedback on how those support people can better support them. And so that's our next section is talking about 
our support staff and asking um, whether or not the support um, staff is really providing the type of support that they're needing, um, things relating to uh, I'm getting appointments scheduled, you know, for our practice, our clinicians don't have to do scheduling. So again, our questions relate to how our practice functions, um, but they don't need to do any really any work aside from seeing clients and doing the notes. And so um, we have questions around our, our admin staff, um, scheduling them with new clients. Are they scheduling with clients that are good fit for them? Are the, is the communication timely when they um, have questions and they are emailing our benefits person? Are they getting the information they need? Is, is the information uh, about the client in our EHR therapy notes, is that being updated regularly, which is what our administrative staff does? So we're asking questions about that to really make sure that they're feeling support by our administrative staff. Um, the next section we have is related to supervisor assessments. So our practice is set up where it's myself and my clinical director, and then we have supervisors at each location that are actually the direct reports for all of our clinicians. And our clinical director is the person that does the leadership training for our supervisors and is managing those supervisors, ensuring that they're growing as leaders. Um, if you have leadership as a caveat here, if you have leadership staff like clinical directors or supervisors who are doing more than in our field, we look at supervisors as someone who does case consult with staff. Um, Business-wise, I, I think of supervisors as people who do more than just case consult. They are supervising the clinicians in ensuring that they're getting their work done on time, that they're doing their notes, that the office itself, um, the culture of the office is where you want it to be. So they're doing a little bit more than just um, doing case consultation. Um, but if you have supervisors or clinical directors that are needing support and just, you know how it is, we as group practice owners can feel lonely. So we have things like these Facebook groups and um, support groups. We have the Leader Tribe, which is um, run by my clinical director and has a ton and dozens and dozens of other clinical directors and supervisors from around the U.S. So if you need your person to get that support and get training every month on how to step up and better support you as a group owner, um, head to my website, thegrouppracticeexchange.com, and you'll see it on that homepage. It's called the Leader Tribe. Okay, so back to the supervisor assessment. We ask questions, um, and we, we base it around uh, Kim Scott's book, Radical Candor, which I've talked about a lot. And um, one of the important things with this is I've seen group practice owners who provide these types of questionnaires, and then they get feedback that they weren't expecting because their clinicians don't truly know the role that the owner of the practice, the clinical director, the supervisor, any other leadership people truly have in relation to what those clinicians do. So you want to make sure that your clinicians know that. And I list that out um, at the top of that section, uh, sort of description of like what the role of the supervisor is. So let's say, um, because the next section will be a review on the role of the group practice owner and clinical director. That's how we have it. And um, for me, I'm not in the office that much. Um, I there shouldn't be an expectation for clinicians to assume that I should be in the office. And so if my clinicians didn't know any better and I hadn't clarified that, that the 
clinical director and the leadership team, the supervisors, are the people that are supposed to be there making the wheels turn. They might give me a negative review and say, you know, she's not there that often. But if the expectation is that I shouldn't be there often, then obviously that won't be a negative review. So going back to the supervisor section, you want to make sure that um, when they're evaluating any person in leadership, whether it's supervisors or clinical directors or if it's just you, is that they're clear on what their expectation of you should be so that when they're rating you, it's accurate to, you know, the, the role that you actually play. And so we ask questions like, supervisors provide feedback that helps my work. They're readily available and, and when I need them and they're dependable, they're approachable and open to feedback. They listen and respect my concerns. Um, things like, they give me important information about updates about urban wellness, which is our practice. Um, they provide adequate direction in order for me to know what's expected. They're clear about expectations. Um, they consider my opinion before making decisions that will affect me. Things like that. The next section is our leadership assessment, and that's where they're going to assess uh, myself and my clinical director. And that's where I have a little blip on what her role is, what my role is. And then there's a list of questions relating to our roles we, that they feel like we're approachable about concerns, that they feel validated by us when they have a question or concern, um, that they feel comfortable being able to address any concerns that they have with um, the location that they're working at or um, just anything related to the practice. They feel like uh, we have leadership teams. I've, I've talked about this before. So our practice has um, the ability for people to grow into a, a leadership position. And so we have questions relating to, um, I felt my ideas regarding leadership or growth has been heard and acknowledged, things like that. Um, and then the last section is the um, compensation package. So here's where I just want to ensure that the offerings that we offer are what people are really wanting. Um, I've talked to a lot of group practice owners and they offer things that they think their staff want. I started doing it that way. Um, one example is the retirement matching. So many group practice owners have talked about offering um, retirement matching and no one or, you know, 5% of their staff actually take it. And, you know, currently I, I've had it. That was one of my first things I've offered. And I think less than half of my staff actually take the retirement matching and we match up to 2%. Um, and so the best thing to do is really get a feel for what people are really wanting. You might find that they're wanting something that is entirely reasonable and something you're willing to give. And you might find that something you were going to give, which is this big grand thing and might be huge financially for you, is something that they maybe don't even have any interest in. And so with our compensation package section, I list out what our current packages are, um, have them rate what their favorite thing is, what they're, what they like most over, over what they like least, um, what's most important to them. Um, and then I have some ideas in my head of some benefits that I'm interested in maybe offering. So I have a, if you would choose, which would you prefer? And I'm, um, c comparing a thing that I might be interested in giving with something that I currently have that either, um, is similar in investment for me. And so I could only do one or the other, seeing which they have more interest in. Um, and then we do an order of importance, rate the benefits, and we put first, second, third, fourth, all the way through. I think we have like eight different benefits. We go through all of those. And then they rate them. And I can see if, if everyone's uh, rating 
CEU opportunities as number eight, then I might not waste my time consistently offering CEUs in, in, in-house, right? Um, and then the last piece is, is there anything else that we didn't already ask you? So that for us feels full circle, 360. Um, we like to give them out each year so that we can really see that um, we're offering what we can to staff and staff are really truly enjoying working where they work. For me, that's one of the most important things in having this is that people aren't, you know, sh- scraping their feet as they're walking into the office because they don't want to be there. We want people who love the work that they're doing. They love the clients that they're seeing and they love the people that they get to work with. And so for that reason, we find it's really important to offer these um, 360 reviews. Um, All right. So for those of you that are not yet in the exchange membership site, um, we do tons and tons of trainings Um, it's got hundreds of members in there. We have seven facilitators that do open office hours from people who are experts in, um, passive income and growing beyond just having your group practice to a financial planner, to myself who talks about seven figure growth, to someone who specializes in setting up systems and organizational structuring. We, We have a ton. And then someone for startup, obviously, um, this coming month we have, um, Radiance Harris coming on to be our expert because we do every month we bring on one expert for a, a webinar and they talk about an area of expertise. We're going to be talking about trademarking in group practice and what you need to know when you um, think are thinking about trademarking your group practice and some of the, the do's and don'ts around there. So we're doing that October 1st. So if you're not yet in, jump in and um, get into the group before that uh, webinar. Um, Otherwise, have a good rest of your day and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.